Valtteri Bottas commands the race, taking victory ahead of Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez, which made it look like a podium occupied by Darth Vader and two stormtroopers, to be honest. Daniel Ricciardo had a woeful race, and Carlos Sainz drives an exceptional race through the pack, getting his first driver of the day. Hello there, my name is James Baldwin, and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we review the Turkish Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friends and yours, Tommy T and Cappy. G'day, lads. How you doing? G'day, boys. G'day, chat. G'day, podcast. Gentlemen, <laughs> how are we all? Ladies oh, and gentlemen, sorry. Yes. I like I like hello chat, hello podcast. Yeah. Uh, good good way to Just cover all of the bases. And if you cross uh, over, double hello to you. Double hello to you. Now, if you are listening on the uh, on the podcast only, you wouldn't have heard our apology for the lack of pre-drinks audio podcast. Uh, we had a bit of an issue with Campy's computer having the bin being too full, uh, and he deleted it halfway through recording, which somehow deleted the path for the saving. You can't make this stuff just, up. His bin was too full. That is just. It was too good. Jeez. Too much Pierre Gasly, he said, uh, but he's since deleted Pierre Gasly out of the bin um, and a few other duds. So uh, see you later, Michael. The bin Massey is empty well, and ready to be filled again. Is that right, Campy? <laughs> that is it. Tommy T, ready to be well, uh, entered literally. into the bin today. I'll be in there before uh, the end of the episode for sure. But hey, if you haven't yet listened to our pre-drinks podcast, it does exist on YouTube, the live stream worked, so you can find it there. Head over there and have a listen to it now. A massive thank you to you as well for subscribing to our show on YouTube. As I said, it costs you nothing and it makes an absolute difference. 557 of you, in fact, have made some good vibes and times over on our YouTube channel. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Discord as well, always a shout out to you guys. You make the race incredibly hilarious to watch. A really engaged community, an internationally engaged community, which is really awesome as well. And a big thank you to a couple of people who've left some reviews. Don't worry, Campy, I'm not going to read it out. But uh, if you are in Australia (laughs) and you have Apple Podcasts, do yourself a favor and go and have a look at the top review left by Xbox Four from Australia. Thank you to you for leaving five stars. Um, Thank you for one is my real name in Australia, F1 through an Aussie lens, five stars as well. He says, a podcast that you could fall asleep to in a good way. (laughs) Oh, if you're the person who listens to Campy's voice while you fall asleep and your name's not Bryony, I have many questions for you. Uh, Morgan says, DR for PM, of course. What a great, I mean, there's probably going to be a vacancy soon. He probably had could have had a crack at the New South Wales leadership if he was around five stars <laughs> as well. Uh, the perfect race weekend come down. Uh, Ash in Australia, another five stars, saying a new obsessed fan of the sport after a lockdown binge of Drive to Survive last year. And that's why we love being here, boys, don't we? Because... We're hitting these new audiences, both in Australia and the US and, of course, around the world as well, but that's predominantly where you're listening from. Uh, And a many random, someone's just mashed the keypad with their name here from Australia, five stars, the perfect F1 podcast. And just just, (laughs) another one, Manas, another five stars. Uh, And he says, I'm a big fan of you boys and my girlfriend would love to listen to the podcast but just can't get past the sound of Campy's breathing five stars. Uh, (laughs) Uh, We love it. But, hey, thank you. Uh, Enough from me, but I just wanted to take the time to read out those reviews because you take the time to leave it. Genuinely makes a big difference. All right, Campy, what time is it? What is is the time of the podcast? Is it our favourite time of the podcast? He never remembers this. No, he doesn't. 
Oh, it's Tommy T's uh, broadcast review, is it? Hey! I love it. Speaking of not putting in the time to something. <laughs> I was wondering why, why my notes were starting to go down the page. I was trying to read. I was like, what's happening? Something's being Could changed. Be oh, it's you. Uh, this one, you look, this one look, sucks. I can help you out, Tommy, if you want. I can kick it off with the kick anthem if you'd like. Yeah, give look, us some anthem. Oh, it didn't mind. It was slightly upbeat. Hint of communism. <laughs> but not too bad. It wasn't full A whiff blown. Of communism. Wasn't full blown monarchy, but it was uh it was just enough in there that you knew where they were coming from. So And Campy, was was she singing live and was just the top well, the TV direction just completely off in terms of audio sync, or was she lip syncing that badly that it just ooh. was completely out? What what do you think is the professional uh, bass player that you are? Well, look, being known to do live TV performances before, I think the music was pre-recorded, but the voice was live, so I think that was slightly out of sync uh, than what she was doing. So it look, didn't come across too good. I think the video and the sound was out of sync from what they were doing too. It happens. So it, happens. it happens. Look, we're not all perfect, clearly. <laughs> look at us three. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> to be honest, I watched – I was doing some work on Saturday and I just watched – uh, practice one, practice two, kind of in the background, and not once did I look up from what I was doing because I was not engaged in the slightest. Watched the whole broadcast, watched everything, and there was nothing interesting whatsoever. I did happen to catch a little bit of Lewis and Brundle going through his previous Turkey mm-hmm. race where he sealed the championship last year. Mm-hmm. That was, I'm not going to say interesting, but they it was filmed a thing that, that like, happened half a year ago. It yeah, feels like I feel like they did them all in one go in one sitting. Yeah. And yep. they just did highlight reel. But that was like something that happened on my TV that I don't know. I have no comment on really. It wasn't can I just, engaging, was it? Can I just say they bought up Lewis in 96 at G, uh, GP2, the race there. And uh, sorry, 2000 and what was it? Jeez, hang on. Goodness. Yeah, 2006. Yeah. Excellent race. It is on YouTube if you want to go back and watch it just to see how good this guy is. That is a cracking race. I think we've mentioned it before, but they brought it up. Unbelievable. That's good. Other than that, I fell asleep multiple times during the race because there was (laughs) nothing going on. The Mm -hmm. only real highlight that saved it from being an absolutely woeful score was Jensen Button. As usual, doing plenty, saving Crofty from being completely useless and actually making things funny. When he makes mistakes, uh, JB was spot on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is good. More of him, please. Can we get JB and Brundle maybe to do one and just leave Crofty, Crofty have a week Jeez, off? that'd be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, so what's it. your overall score out of 10 oh, for this, this is, weekend? I'm going to give it a three and it probably would have yeah. been way lower. Way oh. lower if we didn't have JB there. About time too. Your I'm too nice. seven oh, out of ten for Russia was a beyond a joke, Tommy T. Yeah, You've recalibrated. Sorry. I'm yeah. going against my person. Like, I'm not a nice guy. I need to be more harsh with my scoring, don't I? You are not a nice guy. I can confirm. <laughs> can confirm after doing my own birthday post that you are not a nice guy. You did guy. do your own birthday post. Don't put this on me. <laughs> All right, three out of ten. Uh, yeah, look, I agree, Campy. Uh, from my point of view, ter- terrible TV direction. All we saw was Lewis Hamilton for pretty much all of it. It's like the rest of the race was happening, guy. Um, and yeah, Jensen Button sort of saving a little bit too much. Paul DeResta, too much David Croft, and for whatever reason, it just—I don't know. Lazenby just seemed like he and Ted maybe went to a certain venue the night before because there was some interesting. <laughs> Kind You'll of find attitude. some correlations with where we go and to Laser's performance. Laser be like this. 
Yeah. <laughs> like sitting there interviewing Toto after the race. He's like yeah. smiling a lot. It's very Bugging. weird to watch. Uh, anyway, but Ted Kravitz, can we just talk about him for a bit? Because Campy, he was a little bit, uh, he was in a weird spot, wasn't he? Yeah, look, they were interesting this weekend, weren't they? All of them. <laughs> interesting. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to find this happy medium between serious and funny and it's like shit British dad humour. It's, it's they're trying to be it clean is. and like, yeah, it's yeah. look. I don't mind Crofty. I reckon Crofty's good value. I mean, I do get sick of him talking, but uh, he's good value. I mean, they're all good value, but they're just a bit, I mean, they're a bit odd and they've, they've, Definitely pumped up the oddness this year a bit. So, is David Croft standing out of frame with a gun? I just yeah. have many questions. For you. <laughs> I thought you would have. He would have been part of your bin deletion yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah look, I'm a strange David, guy. What can I say? That's true. Look, David Croft was brilliant back in the day. I was having this conversation with someone uh, in the F1 world a couple of weeks ago, and it's just that he's not got any competition. It's like he's getting lazy with it. And if you know, if the world feed was there that you know, was ready to be taken up by Australians as well or others around the world, then maybe he'd be he'd pick it up again. But he's making a lot of mistakes, just very, very lazy stuff. Anyway, not a not a big fan, as we've said many times before. We don't need to be here sky bashing all the time, but, yeah, no. terrible television broadcast review. <laughs> uh, sorry, great broadcast review, terrible television broadcast. Um, anthem interesting. <laughs> all right, lads, let's talk about some interesting points that happened. Uh, I suppose we should start. Uh, look, I want to start with the penalties, I think, because uh, here we go again. This is not consistent at Ugh. all. Uh, Fernando Alonso, you know, yeeting himself off the track in uh, Russia, no issues all good. whatsoever. Absolutely yeah. fine. Uh, and this time, though, uh, Gasly gets a penalty out of nowhere, like ages after the event. Between yeah. Gasly, Gasly knocks Ocon because he got sque- uh, sorry, knocks Alonso because he gets squeezed by Perez. Then on the same lap, Alonso spins Schumacher, which was very unfortunate, but, you know, praise to both of them. Alonso went up and had a big old cuddle with Mick after the race and everyone was happy, right? Cool, no worries. Yes, they're under investigation then, Alonso, for doing that. Gets a penalty, gets five seconds. No worry, we'll move on. Then suddenly out of nowhere, like five or six laps later, Pierre Gasly, five-second penalty for causing a collision at the very beginning of the race. It's like, guys, you can't. Yeah, you can't go backwards once you've made that call. Like you should do it in order, right? Is that yeah. campy? Does that make sense, or am I just being ridiculous there? No, it totally makes sense. But like, we want consistency in this sport, and it's wet. We're going into turn one, blind apex. Yeah, and Gasly. I mean, he's in a sandwich. He's got a guy on his inside. He's got a guy on his outside. Yes, he slowly oversteered. Uh, sorry, understeered into Alonso, but it was uh, its first lap. Like, yeah. Seriously. First lap, that's, first quarter. That's as racing incident as it gets. We're lucky Alonso wasn't completely out of the race. I mean, it ruined his race, but there's, I don't think Gasly could have done much more. No. But, I mean, this this is the problem. We want consistency without the rules, and it just seems to, seems to me that they throw the rule book at some people because, you know, there's a technicality here, but then when there's other yeah. places to not do it, they're just like – and the other one for me was the Perez incident where Hamilton pushed him wide and he looked yep. like he's entering the pits. Yeah. I mean, that for me is clearly clearly a penalty every day of the week when you look at it. Now, I know how Hamilton drove him wide and it didn't affect the race and I'd just like to see it um, like adjudicated how they did. They just left it alone and said, oh, it was a racing incident, you know, Lewis pushed him wide. I get that. But then the letter of the law is, no, that's that's penalties all exactly. day. So yep. you can't penalise 
Gasly for that piss weak little oversteer and a touch of someone, which happens every race, and then not do it to Perez later down the line. I, yeah, I don't like it. We want consistency, and Massey was in the bin before I deleted him. And <laughs> I can tell you what, he's back in there real quick. Tommy T, what did you think? Because uh, yeah, first lap racing, first lap, first corner racing incident for sure. It was nice. unfortunate. He understood a bit, as Campy said. And look, yeah. Alonso. It's first – I mean, I can't understand Alonso's penalty, but yeah. I definitely don't understand Gasly's penalty. We've yeah. seen so much worse on a first lap. Like, mm. the only thing I can Ugh. think of was Alonso on his radio berating everyone to get a penalty to get – because he got one. He was like, well, he bloody should get one as well. And he was campaigning extremely hard to, like, even up the stakes maybe Going and make sure Gasly got one. Yeah. Everyone gets a penalty. Everyone gets a penalty because <laughs> I've got one now. Just to give it some perspective, Bodas got a 10-place grid penalty for his uh, start at uh, wherever it was, where he, where it was wet and he took out half the field. Um, but that was handed to him after the race. Now, when you look at those two incidents comparably, hmm. if this penalty had been handed down after the race, Gasly would have got a five-place grid penalty the next race. So they're right next to each other in the uh, in the stewards' eyes, and that, for me, is just a load of bollocks. Yeah, Hungary and Turkey, not the yep. same incident at, at all. Uh, yeah, no good. And also yeah, no comparable good with penalties, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, but just not the same level of incident, I don't think. Yeah, um, and then if you want to throw in the Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton at Silverstone too, like that was a 10-second penalty, like, come on, let's – Bloody hell, sort yep. it out. Let's talk about the track conditions because we mentioned in the pre-drinks podcast that there'd been absolutely no racing here at all uh, since last year's event. Uh, Tommy T brought to our attention that everyone in their karcher came out for a family <laughs> fun day picnic um, at the Grand Prix. Uh, firstly, fantastic to have max, almost max capacity in Istanbul Park. Uh, it was great yeah. to see fans on the court, like standing on the banks. It was really, really awesome to see. But secondly, yep. I'm just not sure that I'm still like, this track can potentially cause some wonderful racing if it was dry, but this is the second year in the row where we've had pretty rubbish conditions and it was yeah. bloody boring. Tommy T, overall, I mean, do you think if we come back next year and the track's dry that there's real opportunity here for some fantastic racing or is this just does this file into one of the we're having too many races kind of attitude because that was pretty boring and we could have done without it? Or we just change it and we throw it before the summer, before the break. I think that's probably the thing is change the scheduling. It's too late in the season for where it is geographically mm. to yield good racing unless you're committing to it to being a fully wet race, which is different. But this patchiness just made it even worse almost because it was in between inters and wets and then it was in between inters and softs and it was just all over the place. No one knew what to do. Everyone was risking it and then everyone was getting caught out and we don't want to watch that. I like strategy. I don't like this kind of ham-fisted everyone just like going around at 80% throttle the whole time and just like conserving tyres and going and just waiting. It's just yeah. useless. And Max kind of alluded to that at the end. I think he nailed it. It was like just trying not to fall asleep basically because that's what I was doing too. Um, well, it was, they were doing the same times on lap one and they were doing at the very end of the race. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. But I've never seen you're right. Before. I think it does have a lot of potential. I think they're stupid for not running the junior formulas here. I don't know why yeah. that would happen. I'm sure Camby will illuminate us to some kind of monetary reason why. And I think we can all guess that the, the Middle East has definitely paid for those junior categories to come there. But I think having the extra rubbering in sessions over the weekend to make sure that the conditions were better for 
the feature race in Formula One and the other formulas. just doesn't make sense to not have run more things here. And like you said, DTM, get this track used more more throughout the year. It will improve. Crazy that it hasn't been touched in 12 months. Now, it doesn't feature on the provisional calendar for 2022. I'm just having yeah. a look at it, at it now. Uh, but we've got tracks. Let me just very quickly sidebar and run through the whole season because I reckon there's a couple of tracks in here that could be replaced with this one because next year could potentially be better if it wasn't raining. Bahrain, fine. Saudi Arabia being Australia, fine. Imola, that's replacing China, by the way, um, which Imola's, you know, it was an okay circuit this year. It was pretty rubbish last year. Miami, Spain, Monaco, Azerbaijan, Canada, Silverstone, Austria, France uh, is still in there. Interesting. They've made them wear themselves back. Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, Russia, Singapore, Japan, Austin, Mexico, Brazil, Abu Dhabi. That doesn't sound too bad of a calendar, does it? But no. I, there's no. some circuits like we had to go to Jeddah, aren't we, Saudi Arabia, to see how it's right. Look, mm. the racing might be fantastic. It might be even better uh, with Saudi Arabia and Miami being very similar in those sort of car park circuits with the 2022's car. But- you know, the, this the could, logistics this a- of jumping between like the Americas and back to Europe and then back mm. to Asia seems bizarre to me. I don't know why you wouldn't double stack and do like Canada and Austin and Miami kind of all in a similar or at least some double headers in there. Like do the two US ones yeah. within three weeks or something, maybe. I don't know. I think you could be more beneficial and have a bit more of an F1 circus there dominating the US for a month. That'd be interesting. But I don't know. It seems weird to do it so early and then so late. Um, but can't be to you, Turkey, from a from a fan's point of view and a racing point of view, again, we don't really know oh. what 2022 looks like, but should it be kept? Yeah, I like it. I love the track. I reckon it's a driver's track, in, particularly in the draw. I think Friday session one was the only really clean session we had all weekend. And oh, the cars look great going through that four apex uh, section. There's mm. long straights when there's great passing opportunities. Uh, I can think in other categories into that uh, into the hairpin there. They'll be um, not the hairpin, uh, the off the back straight um, where Lewis Hamilton was getting a lot of his moves done and Carlos Sainz. I think there'd be some crazy moves there in the dry. Um, but look, it's been weather effective for two years in a row and it was really take two of last year, right? Same story. Mm-hmm. Tyres turned from intermediates into slicks and if you stayed out, well, you probably reaped the benefit. Um, you know, if you stayed out and if you had a pitted right at the halfway point, it was probably the perfect time to do it really yeah. and fed you into a gap, but you could eke out sort of 10 laps either side of that. Um, yeah, it was take two. It was a pretty boring race, but as a track, I really like it. So I'd like to see it back next year because I don't think we're completely out of COVID yet. I still don't think we get a Melbourne race next year. As mm. much as they say we do, I just – no, it's a load of shit. Um, <laughs> Why would you trust it anyway? Why would you well, trust it? you've got nothing to hang your, you know, hang your faith in. Coming from a, you know, a bureaucratic political side, that's a different conversation. We're not getting a race in Melbourne next year, so this could be a track that replaces it. Yep, no, it's, a, it's a very good point. As sad as it is to think, that is uh, that is probably a good point. All right, lads, let's do our team-by-team team analysis as we always do. We'll start at the very back of the pack with Haas. Schumacher, as I mentioned, was unfortunately spun around by Alonso. He was uh, a little further ahead on the starting grid than he normally was due to uh, his entry into Q2, which was great for him. Uh, but as we know, the Haas is a terrible car, generally. Put in these yep. conditions and some rookies. Uh, as well. I know they've driven these cars a little bit now this year, but 
it's no good for either of them. Uh, Mazepin in 20th is, again, another weekend to forget. Um, I just keep seeing some very quick cutaways of Gunter Steiner with his head in his hands for most of the time. I am sure he's very excited for 2022. Tommy T, anything to add about Haas this weekend? No, I think Mick was just unlucky. I think this is one of the first weeks where we've seen his actual potential. Like he qualified well. He was driving well in practice. And in comparison to Mazepin, he always looks good. But this week he actually looked Excellent, I think. He was he's really showing his skills. Yep. To be honest, I think he's had a better year than Yuki because he's in far worse machinery. Oh, yeah. And yep. and Yuki's done nothing with his. He's had opportunities, he's got a faster car, he's qualified well and then dropped off. I think Mick's done really well and we're actually seeing his kind of poise and and talent coming through. Campy, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Look, last week uh in tricky conditions in qualifying, I think he was five seconds better than Mazepin this week again. I can't remember the exact, but it was over a second and a half. I think it was two seconds from memory. So um, someone fact-check me, please, because I could be wrong. But, uh, <laughs> the, no, the gap was sizable. Yeah. Um, oh, race, obviously things happen. Um, Schumacher still beat Mazepin in the end. So, yeah, look, I look mixed. We don't really – I don't think we know anything about him yet. He's no. driving a shitty ass up the back of the grid. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll be quality. He's earned his spot in F1. He's done all the right things in the junior formulas. Agreed. And we've seen what drivers do when they have two or three years in this sport. So I think his uh, trajectory is on the up and uh, it's good to see Schumacher's name back on the grid. Yeah, especially MSC. Love that a lot. Let's talk about Williams. Uh, Nick Latifi, I think, had a bit of a spin, which was unfortunate for him, finishing in 17th. And George Russell, for whatever reason, was not really mentioned at all by anyone at all this weekend, <gasps> uh, which was because we were too busy being bloody fanboyed about Lando's devastating True. loss how in Russia. He, how did he, how will he ever get over it? I seriously. Um, but George Russell, 15th Williams, again, I mean, not too bad a showing for them, but it, you know, not a, an easy car to drive, it seems. And strapping on the requisite amount of downforce for qualifying really mm. didn't matter because everyone else was doing the same thing. Tommy T, Williams. I think it's probably, probably disappointing. I think they think they've got a better car than Alfa Romeo this year, I'd argue. So I reckon yep. that's, a, that's a negative this, this week that they didn't get in front of both of those alphas. Um, so, yeah, probably disappointing. I think Russell is going to be good. I wonder how much he's kind of just fading out and just doing a good job, turning up to work. He's not putting in the extra effort now. He knows his, his future's kind of set to Merck and doing those kind of things. So he's not doing extracurriculars, let's say. He's just kind of turning up <laughs> and doing a good job. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Look, Latifi's looking good at times in qualifying and, yeah. and certain laps he's, you know, straight out of the gate, particularly in the last three rounds. He's uh, he's beaten George Russell, you know, on his first laps and George Russell gets it right on his second and beats him. But I think Latifi's going to be a good leader and it'll be a good pairing for him with Albon next year. I think, yep. I think it'll be interesting to see where Latifi is compared to Albon. Uh, yep. We know what Albon can do in subpar machinery like in the uh, – Toro Rosso days, he mm-hmm. shit the bed terribly at the big team. But, look, he starts again next year. So, look, it'll be interesting to see where Latifi is. But I think Latifi's probably well well established with that in that team this year, moving into next year that uh, he's looking good. But yeah. other than that, I mean, it's not where Williams wants to be. They've scored points, what, in the last five of the last six races. And, uh, you know, George Russell's targeting, you know, that North Patent ninth, tenth position every week now, and they just lack pace in, the, in yeah, these conditions. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very and slow had, comeback. George held up Danny Rick too. It was just like, oh, God. <laughs> Again, same as Russia last week, the last 
fortnight ago was yeah. no good. Uh, anyway, look, Williams slowly making their way back towards the middle of the mid-pack, as we've said. It's a good thing for them. Uh, Alfa Romeo, though, I mean, geez, both of them pipped Danny Rick at the very end. Uh, Italian Jesus, Giovinazzi in 11th and Kimi Raikkonen in 12th. As you said, Tommy T, they have no business yeah. being ahead of the Williams, but are we just potentially seeing a quality of driver thing? Now, this is not something we've really spoken about yet, but if we put George Russell and Giovinazzi in the same bit of machinery, how do we think they're actually going to perform? Because most of this year, Gio's been able to compete pretty much toe-to-toe with a Williams uh, yeah. of either Latifi or of Russell at some point. Sometimes he drops back, sometimes he crashes out, whatever it is. But what do you think? Because we've never really brought that up before. Yeah, I don't know. I I would still probably lean to George. I think it's so hard. We've talked about this many times is you can't compare anyone but teammates because they're using the same machinery. But like from what we've seen with Giovinazzi, he's up against Kimi. And Kimi's not no slouch. He's a world champion. He's one of the most consistent drivers we've ever seen. And Geo's kind of doing really well this year in comparison. I think that needs to be taken note of. I don't know if it's enough for him to keep that seat. Um, we'll find out. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he does get that seat and he keeps his opportunity to see how his kind of uh, future goes compared to Russell and Norris for, forever because they're all from that same kind of era mm. um, coming through together. Campy. Yeah, well, he's really fighting for his spot at the moment, isn't he? Mm. He's got to, he's got to prove something on track. Uh, yeah, look, he's a, he's a tough one. Uh, I really don't know where to put him. Um, yeah, well, he's not in the I bin mean, then. If you don't well, know where no, to put no, him, or is he just temporarily in the bin until you take him out? No, <laughs> no he's, not the, he's oh. not in the bin. But you're generally trying to look at what he's done, and he's, you know, at times, Rockin' has had the better of him for, you know, like four or five races on the trot. It seemed to me last year was pretty even, but this year I would have said he's ahead of Kimi in a lot of ways. He's had some really good qualifyings, particularly at uh, Monza. I can't remember where else he did, where he crashed out, got taken out in the first lap of the race, happened two races in a row. So he'd be frustrated at some of his results this year. Yeah. Um, I think the car's pretty comparable to a Williams, but they just haven't put it together on the right times. I think if you take George's second place away from Spa, which he should never have got, the points then, they would still be in front, but it would look a hell of a lot more closer and even to what the the gap realistically is. But, yeah, look, I don't really know where to put him. Um, if I'm if I'm 100 honest with you, yeah. If I was on the if I was on the pit wall and I was allowed to ask questions, I'd be asking Kimmy how good is he. I'd really like to hear his opinion on his teammate because he's in that machinery. He knows how good or bad it is. We, good luck trying to get something out of Kimmy, <laughs> but I think that would be the one opinion I'd actually want on his yeah. yep. his career because I don't really know who else is going to comment on it and give any illuminating thoughts. Well, it doesn't look like that he thinks that Giovinazzi's a squib, to use a campy no. term, uh, which he would. He doesn't suffer fools, right? So no. the fact that he still hangs out with him is probably a big indicator, maybe just of his temperament more than anything else. Yeah. But, yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, potentially if he if he does keep that seat for, for next year, uh, maybe we see the, the actual difference if Sauber have a leap forward. Uh, as they get out of the thumb of, of Ferrari. But anyway, uh, who knows? I just was just curious, boys, as to what you thought about mm. him versus, versus Russell. We obviously know that everyone loves George, and by everyone I mean everyone in the UK. Alpine, let's talk about them because, as we said, Fernando Alonso uh, 
in 16th was very, very unfortunate because he was in my fantasy team and I was like, this is the weekend. <laughs> this is the weekend. I had a really tight-knit uh, ship. You were I on. Had, I had Charlotte Clare turboed. Everything was looking good. And then that first slap incident, I was like, oh, for goodness sake. Um, but Esteban Ocon, in 10th, went the whole race without pitting Campy. Uh, which then, of course, gave ammunition to Lewis Hamilton to say, well, if I could have stayed out, if Ocon stayed out, I could have stayed out. But I don't know if you've seen the images of Ocon's tyres at the end. Uh, I don't like the look of them at all. Yeah, Ocon was able to hold off Danny Rick towards the end of the uh, end of the race, so that was a good sign for him. He lost his spot to Sainz, uh, but I think it was about as good as uh, Alpine could have done. I think if he had made the pit stop, he probably would have lost a spot. Um, just because he wouldn't have been able to turn them back on. You know, we saw what happened with Lewis pitting late and couldn't, you know, got what, two laps out of the tyres and then had to get through that burning process. So, yeah, look, he made it work. We know that Renault is good on uh, is good on tyres from Danny Rick's time there. It was really good on, you know, the, the, C4, uh, the C4 from memory. So, um, yeah, good result for him. I mean, he got in the points. I think Fernando was probably set up for a better race than Ocon. That's who we should be really looking at. But uh, motorsport happens sometimes and you got, yeah. I, I, I'm still unsure. I don't think, call me a purist, call me whatever, call me a jerk. I don't <laughs> think you should be able to go without pit stopping. You can't in a dry race. I don't know why this changed it and you're allowed to run on inters the whole race. It's, Part of the sport is a mandatory pit stop and you didn't do it. You basically gained a free, whatever, 24 seconds or whatever it is on everyone else. Over a race distance, that's enough to clearly get you a point. I just think you shouldn't be able to be eligible for points. You can finish the race without being disqualified maybe, but you shouldn't be points eligible, I don't think. It's an interesting old rule, I it's think. It's weird, right. isn't it? It is. And, uh, of course, we, we heard from the guys at Pirelli who were, like, trying to push the teams to say, don't go all the way on this one set of tyres. They won't last. Um, it looked massive hole, really, in terms of the, the outer carcass completely coming off for, for Ocon, as we said, or at the end, rather, of his his racing. But, I mean, you risk it, though, don't you? I suppose yeah. there's some jeopardy in that, and if you want to stay out, if if you burn through them, then you're just going to fall off the cliff. I mean, we saw someone like Seb Bettle try and make that work for, for him going on the mediums and then going, well, that was a huge mistake and coming back in again. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. In- interesting. Campy, have you got something, any sort of history uh, around that? I don't. Yeah, look, it's a wet classification. So normally when we have wet races, you know, you start on them, then the track changes conditions and you always get onto a dry or a different tyre. Um, and, you know, most most times when these tyres are worn out, you can't drive on them. I mean, this track is very specific in the sense we saw it last year where the, the intermediates turned into slicks and it was still drivable. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, I look, yeah, I don't love it, but, hey, if you can make it work, I think Lewis had made it work, made it work, which he should have done, I think. Um, he probably would have held on for yeah. a podium and uh, away you go. I mean, Aston, let's let's talk let's talk a little bit more about Seb Vettel before we talk about Lewis in yeah. a bit because this is another part of the tie conversation. As I said, he finished at 18th, uh, and that's because he just had a <laughs> lot of, of a bad time with those yellow striped medium tires. Uh, look, the track was drying to a point, but never to a point that it was actually going to completely dry. Certain uh, sections of the track always remained quite wet. Um, 
But I mean, he got to do it right. Like in his mind, he's like, "I'm a four-time world champion. The rain doesn't apply to me anymore." <laughs> Straps them on and off he goes. It'll part ways. <laughs> but it was good though that someone tried to do anything. I yeah. was like, "Oh, someone yeah. doesn't have inters on race control. Put DRS on now, please." Thank yeah. you. Like that's that's tick the well, box, and that that's didn't the thing happen. we missed totally. too. I think DRS is involved. Yeah, I think it's sure. a different game, and I think moving yeah. forward, if we have races like this again, where they're running in that one thirty. Five to one thirty-three the mm-hmm. whole time. I, you should look at getting DRS open. Absolutely, yeah, mm. and that's what it's there. I mean, it's there to help passing. Yeah, right? yeah, for we sure. Had a, we had a whole you know procession again, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Of yep. of cars that just couldn't really pass each other, and yeah, there were some times where people threw it in for late braking and whatnot, but. Yeah, it was it was just very bizarre. But Lance Stroll had an okay race. He finished in ninth. Tommy T. He was just strolling around the park. Yeah, again, opportunistic. Really Get it strolling around the park. That was good. Mm, well thank done. you. Welcome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Talking about dad jokes, I'd fit right into Sky one. <laughs> no, he was just opportunistic, kind of like Ocon. I think just right place, right time. Didn't make yep. any mistakes. Qualified well enough to just hold his own. Uh, n- no risk. He wasn't really risking it to get any high. He just happened to be lucky at the end that it shook out that way more than anything. Yeah, Campy. Yeah, good grass. Good on him. Got two points. Awesome. Is this one of the five good no, ones? No, this or is like, just. What, yeah, what's what's the ratio? One? I can't no, remember. I mean, now. they've scored enough points this year that that shouldn't matter. They shouldn't care about getting a ninth and a tenth and getting. When was his last one in whatever? Oh, I don't think we've had one this year. Whoa. It was, it was right. this race we last talking, year. I'm going to look in the background. It was this race last was year where he put it on pole and led for. 40-odd yep. laps, but then he made a... One a year then, we're saying. Well, previously before <laughs> that, you know, he, look, he looked really good against Perez at the start of last year. Um, that he was did. because he had all the new parts on the car and Perez didn't get it. But once Perez <laughs> got those parts, look what happened. So, Not wrong. Yeah, but he hasn't had a good... I don't think he's had one of those standout performances this year. Uh, why? I mean, we all know why he got a drive for next year, and uh, he was the second why? last drive to be confirmed, and go from there. Yeah, it's not a bad thing yes. having a dad that's a billionaire that's willing to put his money on his son. I, I, I get it. As a fan, do I want to see it? No, and I'm going to rag on him for it. So, <laughs> no, but basically, I get it as a son. Of- <laughs> A billionaire and, you know, Campy's racing team, Winnie Rez racing, Winnie Blues racing, yeah, sorry. Actually, you know, I'd bring something to the table. This kid doesn't bring much. He's got zero personality. Looks like a black-haired version of uh, Jimmy Neutron. What? <laughs> yeah. It's a what? very bizarre reference. Yeah. The problem is, Campy, you would never be able to go to a circuit that had any lefts in it because you just lean so hard to the right. You wouldn't be able to hey, go. You know what? I'll own that. That was I, the Tommy I know firmly where I sit on the political spectrum. And yeah, I with those words on the, the other side. <laughs> oh, God. Campy lives in Melbourne, in case you were wondering. <laughs> McLaren, let's talk about McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy G just really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm going to get a message, message from, from Mark Kane here. Yes. Go, I still love you. Don't call I, I was, still like listening to go, you. I still, I still love you, Mark, too. I can't wait to have a beer with you, mate. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, it is going to be fun. We're all we're all good sports. Communism still winning. It's up by about 119 million. So. <laughs> It's just we've opened the floodgates. We've given tacit approval to all of his communism jokes. Hey, we'll probably, we'll probably get kicked off YouTube now. So. 
Uh, it was probably. Cool about it lasted. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Well, there you are. <laughs> let's talk about McLaren. Uh, Danny Rick, let's talk about him. Is a, a, a whole package for the weekend. Uh, we what happened at the end? Podcast. No good. He did take that new power unit, which was Tommy T's suggestion. Uh, so, Daniel and Tom. Very good job of listening to the podcast, of course, and listening to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, started at the very back of the pack, which was uh, obviously not a great place to start. But as we said in the pre-drinks, all he had to do was really hang on Carlos Sainz's diffuser and off he went. Uh, Didn't happen, though. Tommy T, what did you think of of his start and then, you know, what happened to him? Every bit of timing was wrong, every position. He just he ne- he didn't have any luck going his way, did he? And then right at the end, he looked like he was probably on for maybe 10th and just could not keep those tyres alive. They just fell away from him. He dropped rapidly on those last couple of laps and he got taken by both those alphas. 35. It was ridiculous. 35 seconds he lost to Ocon. Oh. And Stroll, I mean, he was right up Stroll's gearbox and 35 yeah. seconds in eight laps he lost, so. That's no crazy, way. isn't it? It was a lot. He just fell off a cliff. I was like, has he stopped? Has he crashed? <laughs> Did he get mugged up. by two Alfa Romeos on his yeah. way through and get <laughs> left in the gravel trap? Because he looked like he was stationary and they just kept like gaining yeah. speed on him. I was like, they're walking away from him. So, yep. yeah, yep. disappointing. I know he'll be disappointed, but he's got the power unit. He, he wasn't likely to get points anyway, so at least there's no real loss after taking a power unit. You'd hate that to be if he qualified in the top 10 and then came 13th. That'd be way yeah. more devastating. So, yeah, is what it is. I, think the fr- yeah, the fr- I mean, he's got he's got an extra engine up his sleeve, so that's a good thing. I think he'll be yep. frustrated because he did get signs off the start and he must have ran wide into one of the corners and signs and Alonso got him back, which is frustrating for him. Yep. It could have been a different race if he got past Russell, I think. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But there's clearly I – mean, We knew Russell would do that You know too. the other thing I like, though? I, I – the thing I can come away confidently saying is he actually had good race pace once he pitted outside and he got into fresh air and he wasn't behind yep. anyone. I mean, they said it's comparison with the leaders, but that that lap time with the leaders, I mean, he stayed on the same lap pace as them and was faster than Norris at times during the race. Um, it wasn't until the last, you know, sort of, uh, 10 laps where he got overlapped by the leaders. Otherwise, he was sort of 10 seconds or I think it was about a minute 20 that he was uh, behind Bottas. And that stayed like that from he pitted right up until the last eight laps. So mm. it says to me, well, I mean, he's still got some pace in the car and we could see that by, I mean, I mean, within 20 laps he caught back up to Russell and then they all pitted and he went on through. But, oh, yeah, it's a, bit, yeah, it's a frustrating race to watch. That's the only positive yeah. I can take it out of it because, oh, geez, yeah. I'll tell you what, I was a DR fan and, you know, my eyes are glued to that battle with Russell and Ricardo, and I'm constantly checking the gaps. Oh, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And then I was just like, you have to just watch the race and enjoy it for what it is because it is tough yeah. viewing when he's that far back. So it is. Anyway, yeah. look, we'll go. We're going to Austin next. He loves Austin. Austin loves him. So uh, hopefully, I think uh, too many high, too many medium speed corners. So the McLaren's probably not going to be too good. And uh, yeah, look. Anyway, we just need to stay positive for Dio. Do you reckon we get an American helmet this time, Campy? Probably, yeah. Special He's helmet? definitely going to do it. It's going to do it. Sure. Uh, Let's, is sure. it what, can we put money on that somehow? Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> 
for sure he will. Then we should text Italiano and say, make sure he does it because we got five. We got five hundred. Campy trying to fix the odds. As it's it, already not even. There wasn't even a thought process. It was straight into fixing it. What a classic, classic. Yeah, just uh, like the Victorian Labor Party. Which, so we're all good. <laughs> God. What have you got down there? IBAC? I've got ICAC up here, I think. We're just hey, IBAC actually um, did something today. Oh, goodness. Norris, seventh, uh, which meant there was some pace in the McLaren. Norris had a stinker. Uh, not, a, not, a great, not a great weekend for either car, though, but he was in no man's land. I don't actually remember seeing him on the broadcast at no. all. Do no. you guys? Seventh is that magical kind of spot where no one ever sees you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't and it? You, you just kind no of float land. around in that no man's land. You don't get any coverage because you're not fighting to get into the points. You're in there, but you're not really fighting anyone who's doing any damage. So they just ignore you. He, like Ricardo, had an absolute stinker of a weekend on track. Car didn't perform. This race, Carlos didn't perform, but he started further up the grid. Hence why he stayed where he was. I think if Danny Rick had a, you know qualified in the same spot, exactly the same thing would have happened throughout the race. So, yep. Yeah, it's it very, very sad weekend really for Danny Rick fans. And it was also very difficult to watch the start when the camera had already started panning away from the back of the cars. Normally we don't have that problem as a Danny Ricardo fan. We can kind of glimpse him somewhere. Just couldn't see him at all, could we? Uh, Alpha Tauri, though, Pierre Gasly, sixth. Great. Good job for, for him. Uh, yeah. Of course, he qualified him fourth, which obviously dropped a, a couple of places. But realistically, we knew that with the pace of Hamilton and, the, you know, Charles Leclerc and the other Red Bull that potentially he was going to drop back. Uh, but for, for him, it was good to sort of break that sort of spell of bad races, isn't it? Uh, he's out of your bin. I mean, he's been deleted out of your bin, Campy. But he felt pretty comfortable. Again, it's, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere towards the end. But compared to his teammate in Sonoda, who had a pretty good couple of yeah. opening laps and then dropped back to 14th. Uh, so really, there's clearly a, a deficit between those two drivers still is in there, Campy. Yeah, massive, massive gap. But uh, Sonoda showed some showed some fight this week, which is what he needed to do. Um, I, I mean, he had an off later in the race. I mean, around lap 25 or whatever it was. And the car twitched, and like, there's nothing you can do about that in those conditions. But uh, yeah. bit, I, was, I was, I was quietly impressed with Yuki after, you know, especially those first, you know, ten laps where he's holding up Hamilton uh, on fresh rubber. I thought, no, nah, kids, kids got something, and I can see why Alpha Tauri probably made the decision they made. But he's got to do that more often. I think with the team giving him that extra year, I think he's got a bit more confidence. He's coming out of you know, he just needs to come out of his shell a bit. Knows that he's got another year to prove himself and it's doing him all the benefits at the moment. So what do you reckon, Tommy T? It's just consistency. The guy has one lap. This is Yuki, obviously. Mm-hmm. The guy has one lap where he's like blistering pace, but then he can't get even close to it following up. So there's no point being fast randomly. You need to be fast consistently. Like someone like Kimmy is the ultimate of being very consistent. His lap times are unbelievably consistent and that's what you need. So your team can gather data. They can help you tweak and refine. If you're throwing this like insane risk it all lap and it works, but you can't repeat it, there's no point. And that's the teams are going to get frustrated with drivers like that because they can't help you be consistent and get better for the team. So I think unless he can sort that out and get some consistency, he's probably not long for the sport. Yeah, it's a part of the season now where he's got to start proving that. I mean, he had a first good race or two for the reasons that we've discussed previously, but 
There's been no reason why he can't find that level of consistency. And Gasly is not the kind of guy who's holding back information either. No. Uh, we know that there's it should be a good relationship there as well. Let's talk about Ferrari because they seem to be back at some point. Um, Charles Leclerc in finishing in fourth, great result for him. And Carlos Sainz coming from 20th to 8th uh, in a track that had pretty much nothing happening except for Carlos Sainz yep. Yep. Uh, overtaking as many people as he could. It was a great result for them. Goes to show, Campy, that the power unit upgrade that was brought along in Russia made some kind of difference here, don't you think? Yeah, I think this track suits the Ferrari as well. I think, I mean, if you compare the McLaren and the Ferrari together, they're polar opposites and designs yeah. and where they're coming from. But uh, this track suits Ferrari, some genuine pace. I think Leclerc would be fuming at himself. He locked up a couple mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. The first time he locked up, can't remember what turn it was, but he lost, you know, a good eight seconds. If he hadn't have lost that eight seconds, he may as well, like he would have been another driver to just stay out and keep going. Yeah. Don't think he would have got the win, but he probably would have got second or third, still got on the podium. He'd be fuming. Uh, good to see Carlos, though. I mean, a good drive, composed drive. I mean, got, got around Danny Rick at the start and then just picked off drivers one by one, but there was some genuine pace in that Ferrari. Mm. Uh, moving through the through the back of the pack, uh, I think he had a bad pit stop too. Otherwise, I think yeah, he would have probably seconds. got Norris. Yeah, we would have got Norris at the end. So, um, But, I mean, that third place in constructors is – Bloody tight. It is. Tight, man. I mean, I mean, you think about the results that McLaren have had, you know, Monza and then Baku threw some big points away, although Danny Rick got fourth. They were only 15 points ahead or something, and now, I mean, the gap's about eight points, I think. So, look, I think, I think Ferrari's going to be looking at Coda and they'll be like, we need a good result here because it's probably going to suit our car. Mm-hmm. It's not going to suit the McLarens, and, we, you know, this will be their chance to yeah. possibly get double podiums to cement their, you know, uh, hand on that third-place championship. Position. So, well, if I remember correctly, Coda was the place where we first found out about the fuel flow stuff that year. The last time we were there, and they were useless. They actually uh, fell apart. Do you remember? So this right. is their redemption. Hopefully, that their their engine actually works this time because Coda is that track where power will help a lot around that track. There's so many sections where you need a lot of like a good engine, obviously. Um, so yeah, interesting that they're going to want because we didn't get to go there last season. Mm. Well, and Charles finished fourth. Uh, in 2019 at Coda. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yes, there's seven and a half points, annoyingly, these bloody half points between half McLaren points. And, and Ferrari. Uh, yeah. But for, for Charles Leclerc, Tommy T, Ferrari will back out their amazing strategy yeah. and insight calls, weren't they, when he asked, if I stay out on these tyres, where will I be? And the guy said, in P1, because he was in P1. <laughs> Thank you for that absolutely Just, revelatory bit of information. What, like, what the hell are these guys doing? What, what do you think that he means? It's like if I stay out, like Campy saying, if I'm losing yeah. pace, How what, much where pace, can yeah. I end up? If you stay out and everyone else stays behind you, you stay in P1. Thank well, gee, that. thanks, guy. And as I said in the Discord, he should have just radioed Carlos directly because Carlos yeah. is the strategy call for Ferrari anyway. Or said, Seb. Hey, Seb would help. Seb would have helped too. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just had to bring that up because it was just the quotable quote, I think, from Team Radio for the weekend. Uh, Red where, Bull. Was Wally, where was Wally this weekend, boys? Did we get an answer on that no, yesterday? No or? idea. Have you contacted the authorities mm-hmm. to see if there was any snitching out for him? Don't snitch. I'm not, I'm not a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Look at that. Like a, like a true snitch nerve. would say. <laughs> as, I looked, as I looked left, I was like, hey, don't look at me. <laughs> Surprised you were even able to look left. I thought you would have just continued to look right, turned around until you looked in the direction you wanted to look in. Uh, Red Bulls, special livery. <laughs> Ugh, good. Jay's all up playing a role, isn't it? It's going to get me bashed one Playing a role. I'm playing a role. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> You're like my dog who just continues to do all the tricks until I give him a treat. You just go, I'll just keep saying things until we get to the, the end of this. Um, ah, it's good entertainment. Red Bull's livery uh, was very confusing to look at on a race circuit alongside even the Williams and the Alpha yeah, and the yeah. Haas and, and the Alpha Tauri. Too much, too much, guys. No. Give us the uh, camo. Oh, Give us the camo yellow. livery. Yeah, That's camo. what we want. No, oh, yeah. camo bull was so good. So much better. They're never going to bring it back. Um, yeah, but they did the blue and white camo. They needed the uh, the green and green camo. That's all. Well, they don't have That's Aston Martin anymore. They've That's what a, we want from Aston Martin next year. We yeah. want British racing green camo, not yep. this crap with a purple they've got on there at the moment. <laughs> Mate, That's a major sponsor. They have know, to have if it. They, if they did that, even for testing, oh, I think I might have to be Aston Martin's number one supporter. <laughs> oh, number, number one ticket holder. <laughs> yeah, that might be number one. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot, does it? <laughs> That'll be the first mod we do to the troopy people. Camo. <laughs> Camo. Jeez. Good. That's. I'm glad you're one of those people. <laughs> oh, I do love people who also wear camo. That's that's really great to, to see. We're going to do uh, some camo related merch, aren't we, James? We're definitely your favorite. Not. That's no, your favorite kind of merch. No, it's definitely. James not. is a big fan. Uh, Willie Just from, do a white tee with camo in the names. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. Willie from Wagga will too. probably be the only person that understands why that's not a not a thing for. People like us. Anyway, Red Bull livery looked okay. Max Verstappen in second, which was a great result that for looked him. That good. Considering uh, yeah. the pace of the Mercedes. And Perez, out of nowhere, so finally got it together. He uh, Christian Horner was having a bit of a word to him on the grid ahead of uh, ahead of getting into the, the car for the race. I don't know what was said. You can only imagine, but uh, it's obviously forced him to. <laughs> to pull his finger out because he came third. Exactly what he should be doing, Campy, week in, week out, right? Should have, uh, if I mean, if Lewis had held him, if Lewis had stayed out, I think he would have got the third, and we'd all be going, "What's Perez doing?" But oh, he showed some pace, comparability comparable to his teammate. Absolutely not. I mean, geez, I mean, Verstappen can just eke out these times mm-hmm. on and look good. Drivers look, you know, third rate when he's driving next to them. So, yeah, look, I don't know where Perez is at. He showed. Better promise than anyone we've seen earlier in the year, but as the year goes on, it's just the same old story with that mm. number two driver in the top team, unfortunately. And uh, it's not good to see. Uh, it'd be good for Perez and his confidence, get a third, but, yeah, I mean, if you compare Perez and Bottas, who's had a better year? Neither of them. <laughs> if I'm both had pretty rubbish years. But I mean, Perez honest, has yeah. got a pole, uh, has got a podium this year, a win. God, get your name, words right. Yeah, well, Bottas has got a win. Today. Today. I know, so. as I'm saying, and now yeah. Bottas has got a win. So really, both and of Perez them have was performed. pretty gifted after Max's tire yeah, exploded correct. on him. Yeah, Bottas has had a few. Bottas has had a few poles too. So yeah, and been consistently. Competing is to be honest, mate. So I don't know hard. how to answer that question. Yeah, yeah. because I think they're probably both equally as not as happy as where they should be for for this year. Uh, I mean, the good well, thing I, for Perez though is that he, at least he's in that Red Bull for next year. Yes, you know the the weight has come off Valtteri, hasn't it? Now that he's going to Alfa Romeo, mm. Bottas has had a way better year than uh, Perez. 
hundred times better than hundred times. That's a lot of times. We're just pulling pull out a figure, can't we? Hundred times better than Perez this year. I love it. This is so good. Uh, a hundo. A hundo. Five hundo on something to do with a special helmet and now a hundo times. Uh, but look, good for Red Bull. I think Karen yeah. would have been very pleased that uh, to see, yeah. you know, the special livery and, you know, nice for Honda as well to be pulling out of the sport and to be saying thank you of what, um, you know, oh, just whatever. Should have been the um, Japanese Grand Prix this, this weekend as well, which is mm. I think part of the reason as to why the special livery Existed. All right, let's talk about Mercedes because, again, super, super, super happy for Valtteri Bottas. Yes. Uh, very good for him to get that win. He commanded the race, didn't he, Tommy T? From yep. start to finish, it was all Valtteri Bottas. Didn't make any mistake except for one little twitch, I think, in turn oh. one or two. But that was it. The rest of and it was he held like it clean. Like the fin that he is, he bloody yes. held it well. Yes, he nah, did. He yep. was spot on. Like, he did not look phased by the conditions. He got a great start. He was convicted going into that first turn, which he had to be, which we haven't seen. At the start of the year, he's been a bit more cautious and and stuff when he's had the pole and he's had those positions. So really good to see him hang on to a lead and just walked away with it from the start. Managed it, got Max to a gap where he could always make decisions and just, yeah, sailed around. He was probably bored at the front, to be honest, Mm. like Max talks about. He nailed it. And it's really good to see because he's deserved this for probably the last three years. He's deserved a good win that came somewhat easy to him as opposed to getting so many bad luck races come to him since what we saw him in Melbourne 2019, was it? Yeah. Yeah. What round number are we actually up to this year? 473, it feels like. Couldn't tell you. We've got got six races potentially to go. But uh, this is the sort of of, uh, driver Valter is. He'd go out and win the next six. We wouldn't even bat an eyelid because he can drive. Unfortunately, it's just 14 races too late. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see him get a win. Round 16. uh, Yeah. I'm yeah, so what? There's still four, three, seven races left. Is that four, what? three, seven races. <laughs> 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 There's 23. Yes. Yes. We've yeah. got Kona, oh, Mexico, man. Brazil, Qatar, Saudi, and Abu Dhabi. Jeez, it's a long. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Yes. Marina. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> as, some, as someone alluded to. <laughs> you don't get much, do you, mate? Oh, <laughs> we still love you, Campy. But yeah, great for Valtteri. <laughs> Hamilton, though. Uh, look, he he made the wrong call in staying out and then made the wrong call in coming in. He should have mm. come in when they asked him to come in. Yep. I know he was trying to do like the mental calculation of his Chinese Grand Prix time where he came in and then slid off and couldn't get out of the gravel trap and uh, this way back when in his McLaren days where he lost that race, uh, but also from in Russia where, you know, the, the team had the right call. You've yeah. got to balance that up, don't you? And, uh, and for him, he it wasn't like. don't stuff it up that often, do they? No, but it wasn't like for Russia where he said no and then the next lap he pitted. He said no yeah. and then it was a good couple of laps before yeah. he then came in and it was the wrong time before, yep. you know, for him to really make a difference. Uh, but a lot of complaint, a lot of like, man, why did you man do man this? Like, wow, okay, <laughs> just very interesting vibe on the radio. But I'm sure Campy has something to enlighten us. Oh, it's good to see he uses uh, inclusive language on the radio, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, not expecting it to be that. <laughs> yeah, did not, look, did not have that on uh, my bingo card, James, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are you close to bingo you pre- yet or not? Uh, that's, that's a pre-recorded joke you told me to say before. <laughs> so. We've got two columns Just on this spreadsheet, though, with fly. only the right columns um, filled. <laughs> 
Jason went flat. That was a that was a, that was a bad. Nah. Um, he, it was a bit sulky, wasn't he? He went straight to his trailer. I, he didn't. I get it though. He should have stayed out. He should have stayed out, or he should have pitted when they asked him to. Yeah. So it's one of those ones. Do we let drivers? Last week we had the same conversation. We applaud them when they get decisions right and they go against the team, but when they don't, they uh, yeah, I think he's got to own it though. You can't say no to your team for four or five laps and then say, oh yeah, okay, no worries. You know, when it's useless time to pit, it's a tough one. Uh, hindsight, we've all got PhDs in it, and I think he's probably learnt something. If he had his time again, he would have done it differently. So, uh. What are you laughing at? Oh, nothing at all. Yeah, Jensen. 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 I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good campy line. Bloody love it. I'm surprised you don't have a poster behind you there with a PhD up there. We should get you one. A Lakeside Drive PhD. I reckon Big Nicky should make you PhD in hindsight oh, and put up on your wall. That's that's very good. Let's uh, do that. One of the interesting things that was said on commentary was Jensen Button said, yeah, I actually don't think that they gave him the full picture when uh, it was Box yeah. Box now. Um and everyone's yeah. like, oh, no, that's, you know, whatever. I was like, no, Jensen's going to know, guys. If any, like, I'm sorry, mm. the only person in commentary here who's won a world championship is Jensen. Everyone else needs to shut up about it. Yes. Um, and he was right because once he came back out and realized that he'd lost those two positions, he was pissed. Yeah. And fair enough, too. So, yeah. I mean, you know, could comms have been better? Sure. You know, was Bono tr- trying to play a slightly sneaky card in not giving him those facts to be different from Russia? There's mm. potential there as well. Either way, it meant that he was in fifth and Valtteri Bottas was in first. So look, happy, happy with happy that. It's a good days. result. It's six points or so in the construct sorry, in the drivers' championship still. So still fine. If he's within yeah, if he's nothing. within that five to six where it's the difference between first and second, that's where he wants the gap to be. Yep. Absolutely yeah. nothing in it at all. All right, lads. Well, that's uh team by team analysis. Now to go through my favorite part of the podcast. It is the fantasy names. Uh, there has been some absolutely classic ones in here. Uh, we'll start start with this. Turkish delights out and away we go. Steen N. <laughs> Don't slap me turkey. Raymond M. Ted Kravitz is a spud. Patrick T. Ted's random thought process. David L. Campy's a 4 by 4 man. Byron H. It seems like he's just very excited by that and your troopy project, Campy. Uh, this is yeah. from a- Haley H. You foods Good. equals the only airtime Daniel Ricciardo would get. <laughs> yes, it's a new sponsor for him, clearly, yes. and I've suddenly seen his face everywhere. Not sure how I, how da- um, Italiano feels about you foods. It'd be interesting to ask him. Yeah. On the side. I actually thought I actually thought Italiano must have a hand in it. Oh, I, don't I, that. I don't reckon. I don't reckon. I reckon this is just money driven. Anyway, uh, Dasvidanya Norris Simps. <laughs> J and D. A wet track is the turkey to my heart. Josh L. Wow. <laughs> Jumping at shadows. Aaron B. <laughs> yes. I, this, <laughs> this is from Nicholas H. This is very good. Just your average Joe. Good. Z H O U. Sky Scoop Sports worships Lewis's pole. <laughs> Gemma C. Ooh, Putting the up. no in land no Lando <laughs> Hillary from the US. Shout out to you. Thank you for that. Uh, Blue Heart Campy's Lando rant. Orange Heart Nick B. Campy talk turkey to me. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia S. <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> no good. Sebastian Vettel slip and slide emporium. Little ball scratcher from Canada. Uh, man spirits dump man. Jeez man. <laughs> Uh, Harrison Z. Yep. Good. It's just Lewis's radio. And um and s- starting Q2 signs Ricardo. 
Nathan, uh, yes, thanks to Carlos for bloody binning him into oh, into. Third. I get that. That's quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it took, me, it took me a second. The unfortunate news is, dear listener, because I know you're you're barracking for me in this trio. No uh, oh, no I, am in, I am in 69th position, which is no, I'm getting further and further <laughs> oh. back. Uh, Campy, though, happily is still behind Tommy T in 28th yes. and Tommy T 24th. Uh, I'm on fire. You haven't changed your team, Campy, uh, and you're doing no, annoyingly well. Um, it's very annoying. Uh, but a, a shout-out to John B for the best team for this week. Uh, Charlotte Clure was his uh, – sorry, Pierre Gasly was his turbo driver. Charlotte Clure, Espen Ocon, Norris, Verstappen was mega, and Red Bull as a team, 257 points. Well Oof. done to you. Uh, now, there is some merchandise to win. If you haven't yet joined uh, the Lakeside Drive Fantasy League, we don't really care about the points. Some points, the top three will, of course, get some merchandise. But if I uh, win, I'll care. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you'll see I'm wearing a Lakeside Drive uh, T-shirt. If you want to support the show, there's two ways you can do that. Either subscribe to us on YouTube or jump across to our website and buy some merchandise. Uh, you get a great T-shirt. These are super comfortable and uh, Tom, some wonderful Tommy T designs on the front as well. So uh, head to our website. Link's in the description below if you want to do that. I uh, really pro- appreciate the people in the, in the last couple of days who have bought some merch, including Mark K and Manus. Shout out to you, lads, for, legends, for doing legends. that. Uh, and indeed, thank you to you for watching and for listening wherever you are. Uh, it is so great to have you part of this community. We are legitimately a worldwide podcast. And, boys, I am very excited for Kota. Uh, yes. We're going to have a special guest joining us, hopefully, uh, in the pre-drinks episode, which is going to be great too, having a, a fourth voice to listen to. But before that... Uh, next Monday at 5.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Time, we're going to be doing a classic race review, aren't we, Campy? Have you decided, Campy, which race we're doing yet? No. no haven't. You haven't done your homework. <laughs> Bloody hell. I see your homework yesterday. I saw you still it on the notes. Are we doing uh, Danny Rick's first win? Well, if it exists on KO, Canada 2014, we will try. So, uh, anyway, if you want to get involved in that, put up a post on our Instagram page to tell you which race we're going to be reviewing to give you some time during the week to, to watch to do it your yourself. Homework, unlike Cam. Do your homework. I'm sure you're much better than Cam is. Uh, and then you listen to us 5.30 next week uh, on Monday, same time, same place, to be able to do a full classic race Are we, we going to bring back you trying to do a race review in a lap time? Yes, I, I feel that like has that to should, come back. I feel like that should happen because Ooh, you yes. still haven't asked me to do it for any of these races and keep I'm not happy about it. Yeah, keep it for the classics. Love it. Well, lads, it is time to end. Thank you so much to you for watching, listening wherever you are. Campy, thank you to you. Uh, time to, to stand up and lean a little to the left, stretch out those muscles. And Tommy T, a massive thank you to you. I'm going that way. <laughs> Is it mirrored on the camera though? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I just deleted like all this stuff in my bin, which was like 10 gig. About time. Pierre Gasly. Stuff from that bin. Pierre Gasly's too busy in your bin, mate, and you had to delete it. Pierre Gasly was 90% of your bin. <laughs> mate, you take up a lot of gig, Gasly. Yeah. <laughs>